Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of season four. If you just joined, I'm Robin of At A Tired Witch on everything. <laughs> and I'm joined by the beautiful Maria of Maria the Arcane on, on everything. everything. <laughs> oh, from everywhere and everything. <laughs> I, just, I literally just thought of me that we only say on Instagram, like I that know. isn't our usernames on literally everything. So the only going. place that a tired witch is not my username is Twitter, and I don't use that platform anymore anyway. So yeah, does anyone <laughs> anywhere? I feel like it's just tumbleweeds now. <sighs> well, thanks, thanks a lot, Elon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome everyone to this yeah. episode. <laughs> so as always, we like to mention the class that we're having this month and it's going to be on death magic, like just death magic 101. And it's going to be hosted by Hannah Hadidi of Morning Light Divination. And yes. we're excited for this class. And I think it's very, it's perfect class for... Yes. October and yes. if you work with spirits you work with transitions you work with endings or if you even work with like gods like Hecate Hades and yeah. of that sort I mean tune in yeah this is gonna be a great class I've I've taken classes by Hannah before and they've been so insightful um and I mean death magic is my whole thing so if i'm still finding it insightful i think that if you are new to it you're going to find it very insightful mm-hmm. it's gonna be a great class we're very excited yeah and once again guys um we have our merch store which has amazing like really yes. cute like halloween goodies please check it out because yes. i went ahead and i ordered a couple for myself and we have a bunch of like i mean I know we've talked about this before but we have a bunch of um really new designs that mm-hmm. sammy michaels did for us that are so cute including a little sheet ghost which is also very much giving halloween mm-hmm. uh, and i figured out how to connect i me and my big brain have figured out how to connect <laughs> our merch store with our instagram so if you do follow us on instagram we now have a shop right on there that you can browse and you don't have to like click through a million things so hopefully that makes it easier for everyone i'm so glad one of us is really good at technology because I, I would not say really good i think that that's being a little bit of a stretch and katie <laughs> is listening to this um <laughs> and she is laughing <laughs> we figure it out i'm not like grandma meme with the glasses huh i can't see what am i doing it's but like it's i like- said the other day you're the boat and i make the boat run i'm the engine and <laughs> it makes for a perfect balance <laughs> <laughs> If you just joined us, every week we talk about upcoming lunar phases and how you can utilize those in your personal practice, in your magical practice. (laughs) As a reminder, these are not check-ins based off of your personal astrology. This is just how we can utilize it for magic and hone that energy as best as possible. So that being said, I think this new moon, so it's going to be the new moon in Libra on October 14th. So let's start with that. 
But I think this new moon is super funny because if you are looking up stuff about this particular new moon, mm-hmm. maybe I'm the only one who like gets notifications, push notifications, push notifications to my phone but they're all like this is going to change your life get ready for your world to be <laughs> radically rocked and i'm like all what? right relax <laughs> oh you know what you know why it's witch season so oh my god get those snappy headlines so, get let's just start <laughs> off with the elephant in the room and that is the fact that this is going to change your life no more so than any moon <laughs> <laughs> well, Um, I'm not trying to be a downer, but first of all, it's a new moon. It's not even a full moon. It's not even a super moon. It's not a blue moon. Like, let's all just have a relax. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is not going to rock your world in the way that they (laughs) want you to think. Sorry. Um, But what it is going to do, what what, what this moon is really great for is this moon is a like true reset. So all new moons, we kind of have this opportunity for new anything, right? So we Mm -hmm. can focus on new projects. We can do, quote, resets on things, etc. But because the Libra new moon specifically brings in this kind of low energetic tempo and it brings in like balance into our lives, it's actually like a really good time to do real, true, literal (laughs) resets. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are looking at things of where, where in our life do we have imbalance if you're somebody who keeps a journal before moons this would be a really good time to take stock on the things that perhaps are really just thrown out of skew in your life and then make a plan for this new moon on how to bring that balance back magically so Mm -hmm. let's say hypothetically um you are finding yourself very overwhelmed with work or school something like that we're talking very like monday non-emotional things right Mm -hmm. this might be the time to do money magic this might be the time to do focusing magic for your schoolwork um it might be the time to do a like a true self-care reset where we are going to cleanse ourselves of unwanted energy to bring that balance back um i that would be my focus if it were me. And so I'd be looking at two opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to things like plant allies. Things are really low for you. Let's add some things into our life like holy basil, like dragon's blood. Look at spell work in that things are a little chaotic. Let's bring in things like lavender. Let's bring in rosemary, those calming, healing energies. And, and that that is the focus. <laughs> uh yeah. Do you, what are you? What do you, do you think there's anything I, I forgot? <laughs> uh, well, for me personally, um, I, I like to, th- since Libra is an air sign, I would, uh, I don't know, for this one, I think communication, like how oh, yeah. often, like looking at communication, like and balancing it out. How often are you listening to other people's opinions and not giving your own? How often do you let other people speak over you and you don't get to speak your truth? I think that this would be a great moon to set the intentions to amplify your voice a little bit more, or even like voices of those of people who like have problems like lifting up their own voice if you want to be kind and help other people. But I think, you know, working with this moon to remove blockages when it comes to your voice would be a good idea to do. 
personally. And I actually, on this month's um, outlook, monthly outlook for Magical Beginnings, I did put a communication opening spell. So if you are part of a Patreon, give that a look-see. Yeah. <laughs> So if you just joined us for this episode or haven't listened to other episodes so far this season in lieu of choosing a card and and discussing it like we have been doing, we've been having like conversations about the whole different sections in tarot, like the minor, the major, the ones, the fives, and now we're on the court cards. Um, But anyways, this week we are discussing our thoughts on the queens in tarot. So the queens for me are equal in power when compared with the kings. They just rule in their own separate ways. The queens are the nurturers, the reclaimers of power, the great balancers and communicators, the mother archetype, most definitely. Um, Like imagine them as parents with different methods of parenting. They have fought like hell to get to where they are now and to be taken seriously. They know when to be compassionate and share time with others, but they also know when they need to like take time and take care of themselves. So when they pop pop up in readings, it is asking you about balances in your life, such as work-life balance, listening to other people's opinions versus giving your own, sharing your growth or energy with others versus keeping parts of yourself hidden, being emotionally available to others, but also knowing when it's not time to be emotionally available to others. Um, They care deeply for others, sometimes to a fault, which may come out like in readings as being unhealthy, not only for you, you, but also for others. Um, These queens don't hold back in letting you know what they want or need to thrive, unlike the kings who keep these things under like a bell of stoicism. I don't know if that's a word. (laughs) Communication being out in the open for them is very important. They know more gets done on both sides if there is an open line to it. Obviously, when these queens are in negative spots upright, all these things become stifling and smothering, which reminds us how important it is to, like, how important balance is. Like, we can be part of people's lives but we shouldn't reign over them totally so how do you view this car well, the queens <laughs> I, I completely agree with you um i view queens in general as mother cards mm-hmm. um and when we look at the quote femme archetype um the idea of what that means right mm-hmm. um and i use femme in the terms of stereotypical ideas not in the terms of like actual woman versus man right yeah yep because everyone um, has like masculine right feminine. every every human being alive has archetypes that are both masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. um even if we only have a very tiny tiny bit that we maybe um uh attribute to ourselves Mm -hmm. it 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 lives within us all right Mm -hmm. yeah and um I view it very much so as the stereotypical, uh, like, nuclear mother 
ideas. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have the swords. She's clear cut. She is the boss. She's the matriarch of the house. She makes decisions for herself. She's also the only queen that doesn't have a king. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then we have the full the full opposite, right? We've got the Queen of Cups, who is the nurturer, the loving, the perhaps even a helicopter mother sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I just view this very much so as the idea of the nurturing parent, uh, mm-hmm. whether that is a mother or not, it is the nurturing parent uh, because you've got balance, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, and everybody has that nurture again. Everyone has that nurture inside of them. It's just maybe that's not the role that you always default to. That doesn't mean you don't have it. <laughs> yeah. And like, it could be like caring for friends. It could be. Totally. No, absolutely. It doesn't necessarily mean like literal children. Yeah. You know, you always have that mom friend. <laughs> Every friend group <laughs> is the mom Hi. friend. Hi. Yes, my brother. <laughs> um, but I think it, I, it, I mean, there's of course a lot of nuance to these things. And I think that as a demographic of individuals Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, we are swifting away shifting away from these uh feminine versus masculine archetypes um and they're bringing them back up into other forms and androgyny etc um but i think that if we just i mean my my belief and it's totally okay to be to counter me on this <laughs> um, but I do think that we all hold these kinds of things we have femininity and we have masculinity and we have androgyny within all of us yep. and I, I think that it's I don't know a feeling rather than a role in this case yep <laughs> I agree I hope that makes sense that is. <laughs> This week for our main segment, we decided to talk about spell casting, like how me and Robin like to do spells uniquely and talk about like what that looks like for us. I feel like I don't, we, I don't think we've done an episode like this before. So no. like, I just think going through it step by step, how we do it uniquely um, would help others like kind of make their own spells too and then also realize that witches like are totally different like i'm actually excited to hear how robin does hers because i don't think we've really gotten i don't think we've ever really talked about it yeah this is exciting i think you've had (laughs) peaks into how i've done it because you have done like my monthly rituals for me Mm -hmm. and i'm not feeling well we were literally just talking about this like before we started recording to the point i said okay we have to we have to start recording (laughs) (laughs) So, um, first, like, what do you do leading up to doing spell work? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, it really depends. So in general, it really, really depends on like what the spell work is for. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically for me in most spell works, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will plan it out several days if not weeks in advance uh again depending on what it is so like if it's something that's like pressing yes if it's pressing then obviously i don't have that window to work with but in most cases i do so we're gonna go under our the most cases and not really (laughs) in most cases well i'm my problem has always been that i'm very analytical when it comes to spell work and not Mm -hmm. 
analytical in like my faith base of it but analytical in the I want to make sure I have everything that I feel is right Mm -hmm. and so unless it's pressing and even if it is pressing I'll do pressing spell work and then I'll like usually reinforce it somehow with like something way more planned (laughs) yeah Um, so I yeah I like to really map stuff out I usually take time to like journal on it and like write my own spell work and then work backwards from there yeah Does that make sense? So like I write the full spell out and then I work backwards from there. And then usually leading up to it, like I will give extra dedications at my altar leading up to it with the, like the, the premise of, you know, I'm going to be doing this like, Mm -hmm. cause I don't know where my energy levels are going to be at that time. So Mm -hmm. for me at least feels like a, I don't know, like a booster. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Yes. What about you? So, like, before a spell, let's say, best case scenario, because sometimes the witchling dogs and wife have to stay, like, in the space. I like to move everyone to their own spaces, so I have the space to myself. Sometimes, you know, that, like, isn't possible in, like, emergency spell situations. So I, like, put on noise-canceling headphones, let everyone know that, you know, mama is spell working, let me be. Like, make the most out of, like, a less ideal situation. But I typically like to put on something that makes me feel witchy, such as, like, satiny clothing and robes, just something comfortable, because as someone who is neurodivergent, the last thing I want to be thinking about, like, while I do spell work (laughs) is that... This tag itches. (laughs) Exactly! I'm getting too hot this this hoodie's like itchy (laughs) you know um if it is at night i might like partake in like legal devil's devil's lettuce lettuce. interesting interesting (laughs) to help me put in the right frame of mind but i find that doing breath work beforehand instead also helps me in the daytime like if i'm doing a spell in the daytime as well i also like to cleanse my space i call and then i call my deities my guides to let me hand in my spell by lighting candles for them oh, oh and speaking of which i like to take time to get like some ambiance started when if i have time for it like lighting a ton of candles having the windows open have some good smelling incense going just like making it as pleasing to possible as possible for me which does include some decluttering because if the space is cluttered, I'm my mind is going to be on that. But last but not least, like I think amplifying, as you said, whatever energy you have before a spell is a great idea. I typically do this by dancing to music, but I've also been known to do some jumping jacks to get things going. Stop it! I'm not kidding. You're <laughs> lying. This this girl's out here doing goddamn burpees before she gets started. Hey, if it works, it works. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs> but if I'm having like a full anxiety moment, um, mm-hmm. that I, for me, that's enough energy. <laughs> and yeah, honestly, that's so fair. <laughs> I honestly sometimes I have to do breath work to help chill me the you know f out before like I completely move forward. But yeah, you're so funny. <laughs> Thanks, I try. <laughs> oh goodness okay so then we've got the spell work foundationally prepped right Mm -hmm. and you and i've talked about this is what we were talking about before we started recording but how we call the corners Mm -hmm. um when do you do that what does that look like for you etc etc so okay 
So when I call the corners, I like to say that what the corners are known for, like air for inspiration and things like that. And also like to include in like, you know, north, south, east and west, the below, the above and center. I just Um, think that's so genius. (laughs) Well, I wish I could take full like, you know, thanks for that. Yeah, (laughs) I actually learned this method method from Kate Blue, who was an instructor for our class last month for mm-hmm. word retreat um at a tan wild retreat and it kind i just took it and kind of made it my own because as you said like before we start recording it's genius like and it makes sense it's so genius it's so genius because you have the understanding of calling the corners and the mm-hmm. watchtower so like i call the corners only in really big um, workings. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know what calling the corners is, it's calling the watchtowers. It is essentially hitting all the cardinal points and their quote watchtowers, the elements associated with them, etc., mm-hmm. to join you for your spell work and also protect you within your circle. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think it's genius. I never thought about this. The, as the the above and the below because you also can then incorporate as above so below within it um, which is like a paraphrase of a verse from the Emerald Tablet for mm-hmm. those of you who are not familiar the full phrase is that which is above is like that to which is below and that which is below is like that to which is above which has been modernly paraphrased to as above so below which is the meaning of essentially i mean there's a lot of schools of thought but generally it means you know that would what that which will happen in heaven will also happen within earth it's a connection between us and the divine um mm-hmm. <clears throat> us and the beyond yeah i see it as um <laughs> like and also spell work wise bringing your dreams down to reality absolutely so mm-hmm. it, it, it it's all the same thing right but it's the that is the general boiled down version. I'm yeah. sure if some angry occultists are listening to this, they'll be like, well, actually, and we'll get into it in a way more deeper philosophical way. I'm literally breaking this down into a minute and a half. Yeah, that's why we're not going to be showing, sharing our like entire things just because <laughs> it's so individual and stuff like that. Um, obviously, if you're on Discord, you've seen and heard mine. But... Um, <laughs> But I think it's really genius in that respect because while you are calling the corners, it's also this acknowledgement of the divine and the earthly. And I think that that's really beautiful. I really do. And I'm going to start incorporating that into my own because I'm a very big air quote believer in the phrase as above so below Mm -hmm. um, in my personal practice because I really do believe that the things that we, you know, have in the divine, in the Mm -hmm. other, etc., is is connected to us on the earthly plane if we so choose for it to be Mm -hmm. and i just think that's really wonderful (laughs) the first time i saw that when i was taking over for you i was like maria's on to something here (laughs) this girl is really smart (laughs) i also like the idea of including self you know the center of your spirit because it's part of the pentagram you know spirit and like spirit not only absolutely the outward spirit um but also your own and there is a center of the pentagram and a center of the circle and you're in that center so why would you not include yourself in within it absolutely yeah no i i love it yeah <laughs> um but yeah i'm like you i only call the corners for like larger workings and 
I do view my home as a sacred space already because it's massively protected in my daily and weekly workings. And, um, and okay. And then it has to be a super, super big ritual for me to actually include physical elements of the spell. Um, like me giving offerings to each of the elements Mm -hmm. Um, because I already give that a lot just like every day. So (laughs) that's part of my offering practice. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Does that make sense? Did that make sense? How about you? Did I? Did you want to mention anything else about your circle, your corners, and stuff? Nope. I just really wanted to touch on how wonderful I thought the as above so below was. <laughs> I think that was so like the well. That's not how you said it, but how I'm adding it in. <laughs> I think it's really wonderful. I just really liked that a lot. <laughs> well, me and Kate, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you geniuses, both of you. <laughs> Uh, okay. okay so if so we're so okay so we've called the corners etc we're working mm-hmm. on our spells how do you choose your ingredients for spell work okay so when choosing ingredients once again as always this is my personal opinions your opinions might vary but whatever but <laughs> one must look at the folklore wow, defensive uh, <laughs> calm down. somebody is gonna be like actually you know <laughs> actually, before we, actually 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 before we get into the next part of this segment we are going to talk about things like uh deciding to dress candles ingredients etc i think it's a really important time to remind you guys that this is how we do it there are mm-hmm. so many different paths there's so many different practices and just because you don't do it this way doesn't mean that we're wrong and vice versa if you don't do it the way that we do it doesn't mean that we're more correct than you and so i think it's just important as we go into this to remind you guys that a huge philosophy here coffee and cauldrons is hearing other people's opinions helps us you know either foundation on our own or grow from it so just take it for what it is take what resonates leave what doesn't yeah so go 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 forward with what you were saying (laughs) make it your own basically um but one must look at the folklore medicinal use appearance how it grows if it's a plant what it is used for or has been used for its appearance and even like your own feelings and experiences with the plant or ingredient i'm not a big fan of adding ingredients willy-nilly just by going off what a spell book written by someone else says if you don't know why a plant is being added i personally feel that it is hard to connect with the spirit of the plant necessary for the spell is it possible to do it sure but knowing why things are the way they are only deepens your relationship with your ingredients plus i think it's also a great way to learn like witchy knowledge like as you are doing spell work like you're proactively doing something you're learning by doing um at least for me personally how about you I mean, I think a really big foundation for my herbal correspondence is rooted in the why, Mm -hmm. the why we have these correspondences. And I'm very inquisitive (laughs) Um, and I'm a really big understand. I'm, I'm a really big believer in understanding the reasons that correspondences have the meanings that they do, as well as my own personal connection to herbs and the experiences that my life has had that has led it to me associating things <laughs> to mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's what I base it off of. 100% I base it off that. And 
I don't know. It's one of those things that I, if I'm going to use somebody else's spell, so not something that I have written, I kind of like meticulously fine tooth comb it mm-hmm. and go over each herb that's in it. And it's like, hmm, why did they use that? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then edit it and modify it from there. Exactly. <laughs> and if a herb does not make sense for you, like when you are looking at like a spell, you can always like change it out with your own. You do not have to follow a spell like verbatim from a book. Yeah. I think that's a really big misconception, especially for anybody who is first getting into witchcraft in mm-hmm. any form, uh, that they have to follow it exactly or something terrible will happen. <laughs> and I just don't believe in that at all. Um, that's not been my experience. Um, yeah. So I don't know, take, take with that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> So how do you decide like what type of spell is necessary for your working like candle spell jar well listen (laughs) I'm a one trick pony not actually I'm not actually one trick pony but I almost always default to seven day candles um, Mm -hmm. because that is where I find my practice has the most potency and power but there's going to be situations where that's just not going to work like for example uh my husband went away on a business trip mm-hmm. and so i made a poppet i made a chippy poppet and for protection obviously to make sure that he would get there safely that it would be successful and he would come home because i just didn't feel that the candle in that scenario was going to be enough for what i wanted and like i made like a tag lock for it that he took with him um and like so like using that as the example i felt in that moment that that was more powerful because i was doing it for somebody else that yeah. person was aware of it i had the tag lock etc um but I, and for me i usually i usually like let's say 80 percent of the time i lean to seven day candles mm-hmm. um what about you so for me first and foremost i like to use my intuition to guide me on like what method to do my spell in, just like how you choose seven day candles <laughs> but you know sometimes i'm pulled to do something super simple like breaking a twig in half um or like a, a spell might require a candle a cord cutting and a bottle and of course you know everything in between um if my intuition isn't pulling me in any certain way this is my method like small candles like tapers chime birthday candles are for super fast and rapid spells or used to ignite something spell jars are for long-term spells that might be slow to grow or manifest into being but they need that time to cultivate so it is done right and more comes um and you know, the spell, like more comes from the spell mm-hmm. and spell bags are mainly for the portable aspect and, um, burning things are to either send the intention off into the world through smoke or to banish like, and not spells are quick spells to do when you need something, um, done fast and can be easily 
undone. Like you mm-hmm. want something to happen temporarily and then you just undo the knot. Um, obviously, there are many exceptions to these rules, even for me. So. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard to make it like a simple, oh, I always use it for this or I always use it for that. Yeah, I feel like it's not always the case. Yeah, and it's one of those situations where like it really depends. Like, for example, like the protections around my home i don't use candles for that i use railroad spikes mm-hmm. um, and those are spells within themselves yeah. those are spells but they you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. one of those things where if it's not something that i don't know it, it, this is so hard to explain <laughs> <laughs> i don't use gel, jars that often actually mm-hmm. like actually use them very rarely i use jar spells if it needs to contain something within it that would not suffice for a candle so like if again going back to the protections around my home there's a jar of piss under my house <laughs> i in no way could put that on a candle i mean i guess you could but that feels crazy um could you imagine the smell already dealing with a topic that to a normal non-magical person would sound fucking crazy <laughs> um yeah so it's one of those things that i really <laughs> It's hard to explain as like a simple little snippet. <laughs> yeah. As I said, like I even there's some spells I literally do. It's just like breaking like a twig in half. Like it's you know, very unique and very small and it doesn't have to be like a ton of ingredients. It could be like a single ingredient like your mm-hmm. robot spike. Um, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, so we picked our type of spell. <laughs> uh, so this question, I want you to break this down, like in a sentence, if you can do it. <laughs> what what does this look like, like doing spells for you uniquely in the thick of spell work? So um, like you're in a spell, I want you to try to make this like a sentence. How could you do that? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, a lot of envisioning and intention setting. Yeah. But okay, okay, okay. I define intention setting as remembering the why to your spell in the sense, you know, like, why are you doing this spell? Why are you adding this ingredient? Okay. Mm-hmm those two sentences wow for me i try i'm using the word try loosely Mm -hmm. um for getting into a trance for spell work um of just really like meditating concentrating on exactly what i want to the point of it being trance work Mm -hmm. so i use like over the head headphones if i can um but yeah trans trans work for me i have found to be the most beneficial in spell work yeah i actually tried to do the trance aspect before the whole ritual so Ooh, i'm even that's calling clever. it orders, just because you go into it sure yeah um but um <sighs> but yeah i think do you do a lot of envisioning and stuff like when you handle like the plants and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah i um, for me that happens in the preparation 
Mm-hmm. Not necessarily during the actual like spell worker ritual. Oh wow! Well, I do it during. <laughs> obviously, yeah. you know this. Obviously, obviously, you know this because you've done yeah. my um, rituals. But like, I've done I, your spells before, <laughs> girl. Yeah, I like to like take deep breaths and then close my eyes and connect to the spirit of the plant right before I add it. Like, if mm. I'm connecting, let's say to sunflower petals. See, and that's a spell. big reason why I don't think I could do the Discord rituals like you could mm-hmm. because you have that in the moment connection and where I would be like all right everyone we're going to meditate for the next 20 minutes <laughs> on this idea and I just don't think it translates as well for a group setting <laughs> yeah oh no they might dig it and you know like with the sunflower petals I may like envision a happy memory from being outside in the sun or just feeling overall happiness and contentment um, mm-hmm. under being the sun's rays but yeah. that's, that's what I do for envisioning for each ingredient. Okay, so now your spell's done. What do you do with it when it's completed? <laughs> I feel like we get this question so, so much. I, I think actually the everything. final question for this segment, our final prompt for this is actually the one we get the most. And I don't think we've talked about it enough. So oh, what do you do yeah. when it's done? <laughs> um, but what we do with the spells after they're completed. I will, um, it depends. Like if I'm doing like a banishing with a paper or something, I'll just like recycle it. Um, Mm -hmm. but I try to keep like bigger spells on my, um, altar for a full moon cycle. And then Mm. I go and either bury it or like, um, return the ingredients in nature and i also reuse a lot of things that go into like my let's say my spell bottles like i'll reuse the crystals i'll cleanse them and i'll use them later after the full moon cycle Mm -hmm. and i will wash out the bottle and reuse it um Mm -hmm. but that's what i do what do you do with your spell Um, again it like depends on what it is Um, But considering the fact that the majority of my spell work is with seven day candles, I typically like cleanse the space afterwards. I try to clean clean the jar as best as possible and then I recycle it. I know some people will reutilize the jars, but um, like refill them. Mm -hmm. But I've had instances of doing that and the glass is weak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that it explodes and then it, it becomes like a whole situation of like you have on one hand you have the question of is it exploding because of something that has happened within the, the spell mm-hmm. or is it exploding because the glass was weak from heat and for me that's caused way too much internal conflict of interpretation that I just don't do that anymore so I just recycle the jars yeah, that makes sense. I mean, recycling is <laughs> good anyway. So, and you yeah. also reuse your wax too. That's like I do, oh, I do. Oh. So, if I have any like chime, um, any chime candles that have wax afterwards, I I save them and I use them for a like end of the year release spell, mm-hmm. where I will melt down all the wax and just like give gratitude for the spells that I have done that year. Mm-hmm. It has no other purpose other than a like a moment of gratitude. Um, yeah. And I think it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure actually I've written about it on the Patreon. You so. have. Um, but yeah. Okay. So the other question we're asked most often, <laughs> what is your after the spell ritual? I, I, well, let's talk about, let's circle back to the trance. 
<laughs> the trans work. Um, and I typically use that as a closing out for, like, again, giving gratitude, giving thanks. If I have got something that is happening at my altar, it is sitting with um, offerings. It is giving, again, gratitude. It is giving offerings because I do work very specifically with Santa Muerte and mm-hmm. I work with spirits in general. I always take time after spell work to give like just as much gratitude to those that I'm working with um, first and foremost and then I take time to ground afterwards mm-hmm. yeah um, for me personally I like to pull cards after um, rituals just to mm. see like just kind of like a check in about how the ritual went and stuff like that and then sure. um, um and then I do just kind of like, as you said, sit and restore myself. If I can, I go outside and just like relax outside for a little bit. And I'm also like a big believer. I know you do something salty, but I do something sweet. <laughs> so I like to have something sweet after a ritual to help get my uh, energy. Salt. No, wrong. Salt. We're going to fight. <laughs> salt. <laughs> uh, salt under the tongue. <laughs> but typically I do most of my spell work um at night at least lately i work with the sun a lot too but i have not been lately but at night so i literally sleep is my grounding ritual after a spell <laughs> that makes sense though spell yeah. work takes a lot of energy out of you and i think this is gonna be just the last thing i'm gonna say before we wrap up this segment mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that a lot of new witches or even witches that have been doing it for a really long time often forget is that you are expelling energy to do spell work Mm-hmm. And doing too much of that, you can burn yourself out quite bad. So make sure that you are giving yourself that space to recuperate from your spell work, <laughs> um, that you are grounding, that you are cleansing off old energy. I, I know some people say, oh, I don't know what cleansing is. I don't think anybody knows what cleansing is. <laughs> cleansing is literally cleansing off the excess energy left from your spell work. Um, it's like spell work is like going and working in the garden. Afterwards, you're going to have dirt on your hands. Clean it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the exact same thing. So just make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Obviously, as we said at the beginning, you know, everyone has a unique way of doing spell work, if that is not apparent by our differing opinions. So make your spell work practice very unique to you and what feels right to you. All you can do is listen to other witches and how they do it. You do not take on like a total other witches, like entire practice. Like you make it your own. Please make it your own. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, Maria, what's stirring your cauldron this week? Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) So, um, I've actually been really enjoying, like, outside during, you know, autumn and all that. And hunting Mm -hmm. for, like, forging, like, new plants and stuff to work with. Like, I don't know what it is about this year, but I have found so many amazing plants that I haven't found anywhere. But this also could be because I'm actually 
my wife and I like go hiking. Like we try to go hiking yeah, once we a week know. now. <laughs> but <clears throat> in my backyard right now, I have um, non-poisonous sumac growing. I have mm-hmm. um, wild morning glories growing. Sorry, my voice. <clears throat> and then I have some blue mist flower growing. And then we went to one of our favorite hiking places and I found freaking beauty berry wild vervain and um oh my gosh what else did i find oh i found um wild sage not white sage um <laughs> wild sage but i did not wow. even harvest that one because um there wasn't that much of it um what else did i find um oh what's going to be spice berry uh so if you guys don't know what spice berry is it's like little berries that grow and they taste like um allspice and you can use them as a replacement and spells for allspice and um i also like to say that i don't eat what i forage i just use it for spell work um so there is no chance of me getting poisoned so please forage wisely and if you're going to ingest it also ingest wisely but yeah. <laughs> but no it's just been and so clean it. <laughs> yeah it's just been so beautiful and i've been enjoying my time very much um my wife and i went hiking last weekend and we sat near um a little tiny waterfall and we like journaled and pulled cards and it was nice and cool i was like oh my gosh if it could just be like this in the south (laughs) for the whole year i would be so happy this is actually what we call false fall because it will either be at the end of october right before halloween (laughs) and during halloween and until like mid-november it's gonna get hot again it's gonna be like 80s 90s but well it is still 80s but like high 80s uh but enjoying it while it lasts (laughs) but yeah that's that's what i've been digging So, Robin, what is not stirring your cauldron this week? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Well, you're so welcome. <laughs> um, my own nose is not stirring my cauldron this week. Um, I This always happens every year in autumn mm-hmm. when it goes from being like a billion degrees outside to being like so cold at night. Yeah. In the daytime, two weeks ago, it was like 108 degrees out. Mm-hmm. And now at night, it's like, it was 29 degrees last night overnight. (laughs) So my nose just does not know how to deal with this like weather change. And I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I can't breathe for like the first three hours in the morning. It's horrible. I'm so sorry. It is what it is. (laughs) I also heard like some allergen right now is also super unnaturally high. Um, Mm. But I forgot what it is. Well, I have been sneezing like crazy, so... Maybe maybe you're on to something there, girly top. Hey, favorite time? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I'm miserable and I wish to die, so take notes. If you just start listening to us this week, every week we talk about creators that we are loving right now. 
These are organic finds found by Maria and I. They're not paid for ads. Um, they're just people who are digging. And that being said, this season we started incorporating listener submissions. Uh, so if you have somebody that you think is so very cool and awesome, go ahead and send it to us. We can't promise that we will share them, but we will do our best. So that being said, Maria, who are you digging this week? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like this, I don't think I've ever talked about um, this sort of thing before, but it's <laughs> Petals and Poison mm-hmm. and their like tea set lines are so are cute. So, cute? <gasps> so ridiculously cute. Like all the different pots and the cups that come with them. I want them like really badly. <laughs> They are on the pricier side, so it might just be like, I'll just gaze from afar. (laughs) But they are so cute. And their little tea blends, too, like are, I don't know, they look delicious. Um, But I don't know, like their store is like super cute and they have a lot of super cute things, including like jewelry. Like they have a pumpkin, like Halloween ring that... I'm looking this up. This is so cute. Right? I like their page. Like their Instagram page is really like aesthetically pleasing. I will look out (laughs) my bison. (laughs) They have like little tea strainers too, the kind that you like put over your cup and like Mm -hmm. pour. And they're so pretty. Um, I die. But yeah. What's up? Who you've been loving? So, Cat Coven is a brand that I believe I've actually mentioned before, like in season one. Mm-hmm. But they just came out with these really cute little glasses that have like vintage inspired cats in Halloween costumes. <laughs> Um, and they're so cute. They're like a little set of glasses. And I'm like, I don't know if you, maybe I'm just really old, but you guys remember when McDonald's used to give out glasses? Yeah. Um, yeah. <gasps> they are cute. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. Like when Aww. McDonald's would give out the little like Muppets Disney ones. and Disney yeah. and they had like the silk screen print on mm-hmm. it. They usually like give like a set of four out at a time. It's, it's like that. But they're just cute little, like, Halloween parades. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. So cute. I will take them, please. <laughs> um, who is our listener submitted uh, choice this week? So this was sent to us via DM on Instagram, and it's an Etsy shop. It's the Clover Patch Clay Co. And they, uh, it, this is going to be right up your alley because it's literally mugs <laughs> and pottery, of course. But it's like cute little witch shops, like on a mug. And they are mm, super cute, and cute. I would really like one please so <laughs> but definitely check out their etsy shop because there are so many cute goodies um mm-hmm. with everything this is pottery so they go fast <laughs> you gotta be like lightning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We'll see you again on Friday, October 13th for our Coffee Talk episode or on October 20th 
for the 20th episode of season four. <laughs> you can keep an eye out on our social media or head to our website, coffeeandcauldrons.com, to find out more information and see what we are up to. And don't forget to join us on October 28th on Patreon for our class with Hannah Hadidi of Morning Light Divination for Death Magic 101. Yeah, and additionally, our Patreon Magical Beginnings offers our special 25-minute par- part two episode, a huge library of articles on witchcraft, a Discord, Discord community <laughs> full of fun events and discussions. She's got I no idea speak. what she's saying. I can speak. <laughs> and we also have a tier that offers one-on-one conversations with Robin and myself. Yeah, and if you are loving our sexy, sensual, just... <sighs> really hot voices take a moment to tell us on whatever streaming service that you are tuning in from such as apple Podcasts or spotify we love reading your reviews and rating us with five stars helps us to be seen by others thank you to everybody who already has and everybody who will in the future we appreciate you so again this is coffee and cauldrons with robin from at a tired witch and I'm Maria from at Maria Darkane on in, on everything. I almost said on Instagram. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> Bye. Bye.